You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. about what others may think and wants to be perfect. Religion alone finds loopholes in the regulations in order to avoid obeying them. Religion alone honors heroes of the past but rejects God's work in the present. Religion alone seeks a deeper message in the Bible in order to be in control. You know that in order to get to heaven, a person must have a right relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. There's a difference between the rules and expectations of religion and the relationship that God wants to have with you. In today's edition of A Sure Hope, Pastor Dave shares some of the differences between a life of religion and one of deep connection to the Lord. He'll encourage you to grow in your relationship with God. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 10 as he begins his message, Religion versus Relationship. You are So if you open in your Bibles to John chapter 10, we're just going to look at three verses today. We're going to finish out this section that we've been dealing with. So if you turn into your Bibles, look at John chapter 10, verses 19 through 21. And we'll see what the Lord has for us as we go through these three short verses. And hopefully I can tie them in with what the Lord has given me. Okay, if you found your way there, Let's read these three short verses, and then we'll get to our study. Let me read aloud, if you want to follow along silently, please. Chapter 10 of the Gospel of John, beginning in verse 19. Therefore, there was a division again among the Jews because of these sayings. And many of them said, he has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So in 1738, there was a man in London who was considered religious. He was a church member. He was a minister. And he was the son of a minister. He belonged to a religious club at Oxford. And the purpose of this club was to perfect the Christian life. This man served as a foreign missionary. But even as he would preach to others, he had no assurance of his own personal salvation. He had a religion, but he did not have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. He had good works, But he did not have a personal relationship with our Lord and Savior. But in that very year, in May of that year, he reluctantly attended a meeting in London where someone stood and read aloud from Martin Luther's commentary on the book of Romans. This is the entry from his journal dated May 24, 1738. Quote, About a quarter before nine, 
while he was describing the change God works in the heart through faith in Christ, I felt something strangely warm in my heart. I felt I did trust in Christ and Christ alone for salvation. I trusted in Christ's finished work on the cross. And because of that, an assurance, an assurance was given to me that instant that he had taken away my sins, even mine. And I knew he had saved me from the law of sin and death, unquote. The assurance given to the man was given to him by the Holy Spirit. The man's name, John Wesley. And what followed, that awakening in him of the Holy Spirit, what followed is known as the great Wesleyan revival. It swept England, swept all of the islands, changed the culture, changed the social atmosphere. In an instant that day, John Wesley went from having a religion to having a relationship. And allow me to continue. He wrote also in his journal of a dream that he had after this time. And during the dream, he was ushered to the gates of hell. And he stood before the gates of hell. And he yelled in, are there any Presbyterians there? Yes, came the answer. Are there any Baptists? Any Episcopalians? Any Methodists? Yes, yes, yes. This distressed him greatly. But he didn't have time to think about it because he was immediately ushered to the gates of heaven. And standing at the gates of heaven, he asked the same questions. Are there any Presbyterians in there? No. Are there any Baptists, Episcopalians, Methodists? No. 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 Well, who's in there? Only Christians. How does this relate? During Jesus' time in ministry, during Jesus' time in ministry, there were several groups of religious men. You've heard of them. We've talked about them before. There were the scribes. There were the Pharisees. And there were the Sadducees. These were the religious leaders. These were the religious elitists. They knew the word of God. They knew the word in God left and right, but their problem was they did not know the God of the word. They had no relationship with the Father. They had a religion, but they did not have a relationship. The Pharisees had a biblical religion, but they rejected the very one that their religion was centered around, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Religion alone focuses on the things others can see and forgets the, that God can see everything about them. Jesus said this in Luke 1, 39 and 40. You Pharisees are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you're filthy, full of greed and wickedness. Fools, didn't God make the inside as well as the outside? Religion alone worries about what others may think and wants to be perfect. Religion alone finds loopholes in the regulations in order to avoid obeying them. Religion alone honors heroes of the past, but rejects God's work in the present. 
Religion alone seeks a deeper message in the Bible in order to be in control. You know that in order to get to heaven, a person must have a right relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. You know that. Being in a right relationship with God means that there are no secrets between you and God, and that produces a clean, spirit-filled life. Being in a right relationship with God means that you and God are in communication one to another. And being in a right relationship with God brings about peace because you know God's protection is upon you. Being in a right relationship with God means that you will praise and worship God for all he does no matter the circumstances in your life. Being in a right relationship with God means that you will be loyal to Jesus no matter what the cost may be. Being in a right relationship with God means you will trust the Holy Spirit to guide you and direct your path and walk with the Lord. An honest relationship with God depends on His power and His work, not yours. There's a difference. As I was sitting here listening to Buddy Osborne, and as he started to teach about the Apostle Paul, and he said the very words, Paul had a religion but no relationship, and went, Buddy, you stole my notes. You took from me my notes. Paul had been taught this religion by his parents. Paul was a religious elitist. And if you don't believe me, listen to his pedigree. For in chapter 3 of Philippians, beginning in verse 3, For we are the circumcision who worship God in spirit, rejoice in Jesus Christ, and have no confidence in flesh, though I might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he has more confidence, me so. Circumcise the eighth day. Of the stock of Israel, tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning righteousness, which is the law, blameless. That's some pedigree. That is some pedigree for this man. He had all he needed, but once he was on the Damascus Road, once he was on Damascus Road, he met Jesus Christ. And in an instant, he went from a religion to a relationship. In an instant, he went from a religion to a relationship. And look at the difference. He says in verse 7, still in Philippians 3, But the things that were gained to me, these things I've counted lost for Christ. Yet, indeed, I also count all things lost. Why? For the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God by faith, that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Amen. Look what Paul's saying here. Paul lost his standing among the Pharisees. He lost his religion. But he gained a right standing with the Lord. Paul lost his self-righteousness. But he gained Christ's righteousness. 
Paul lost his religious attitude, but he gained a relationship with the Father through the Son by the Holy Spirit. What was Paul's gain? The excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, his Lord. That was he calls gain. The righteousness which is by faith in Christ. The righteousness which is of God by faith. Paul's loss was his gain. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. When Paul died to himself and accepted Christ into life, he's had nothing but gain evermore. Now, throughout the gospel, Jesus fought with these religious leaders through and through. And his entire ministry, he constantly comes against them. He's constantly rebuking them. Even in Matthew 23, the sevenfold rebuke that Jesus puts against the Pharisees. Why did he use these harsh words against these guys? Because they were keeping others from following God. They were keeping others bound up in a religion and not allowing them to go into a relationship with Jesus Christ. These religious leaders made a mockery out of following God. And because they didn't have a relationship with God, they didn't understand God's ways. They didn't understand the way God works. And they led others astray, and they kept others from following God. They kept people from coming to Christ. Remember the blind man? The blind man was healed, and he went into the temple declaring he was healed and giving Jesus credit, what did they do? Praise the Lord, brother, you're healed. No, out. They threw him out. They excommunicated him. They threw him out of the synagogue. But Jesus' desire is that people would come to know God and be reconciled with him. The religious leaders placed heavy burdens on the people. They placed traditions, rules, regulations, and they had to be followed to a T if you were going to even get close to God. But unlike these burdens that these religious elitists laid on people, just to gain God's favor and God's love and God's forgiveness, Jesus, on the other hand, gives true rest. He gives true rest from the work of trying to get to God. These religious leaders taught that you could only get to God through these rules and regulations and works. See, this is what man-made religions do. They're based on people's efforts of reaching God. These man-made religions are based on people's efforts of trying to get to God. We're going to build a block and a block and a block. It's the Tower of Babel. It's the Tower of Babel, building a time to get to God. But God's plan of salvation is quite clear all the way through the Old Testament and all the way through the New Testament. It is quite clear. God's plan for salvation is not blessed on what you do. It's not blessed on your works. It's blessed and and punctuated by what he accomplished, what Christ accomplished, not what we accomplished. It's based on his amazing love, the amazing love that God has for us, a plan that included his precious son, Jesus Christ, dying on a cross. So if we put all our trust and faith in Jesus and not in our own efforts, we have a relationship with God. We walk into a relationship with God the Father, and it's an ongoing relationship. It's a relationship that continues. It's a relationship that is loving, that is wonderful, that is joyous, that is peaceful. The religious leaders of Jesus' day were not good shepherds. They led the sheep astray. They allowed them to wander and get lost. They placed burdens on the sheep that they couldn't carry. And though through religion, they tried to control the people. It was all about control. And unfortunately, that's what major religions do. They try to control the people. They tried to make the people dependent upon them. It's the church that'll save you, not Jesus. 
They wanted to keep the people in bondage for their own egotistical purposes. So what is religion? Religion is self-effort. It's self-works. What's the goal of religion? To reach to God. The goal of religion is to reach to God, to work your way into heaven, to find God's favor for your life by your works. And even some today think that if I do, 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 do this, God will have more favor in me. And so they're constantly working and constantly doing. But they're leaving something behind. We serve diligently in hopes to get a reward here and on heaven. It takes good, honest effort, self-determination. Pull yourself up by those bootstraps, pal. Get yourself clean. Come on. You can do it. No, you can't. No, you can't. Not without Christ. You can't do it without Jesus Christ. You are the ones with the self-motivation. You are the one in self-control. And what are the results of religion? Apathy, failure, chronic guilt, (laughs) eternal separation from God. A personal relationship, on the other hand, is simply the goal of a personal relationship is to fully trust in Jesus Christ and then live to please him. How do you get there? Confess your sins, repent, and yield to Jesus Christ. What's the power? The power of the Holy Spirit. That's how you do it. Through the power of the Holy Spirit that works in us and through us. Who has control? The Holy Spirit has control because you've given up that control to him. You don't have control. My life is no longer mine. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. What are the results? Come on. Love, joy, peace, freedom, victory, power, eternal life in heaven. You take, you choose. You know, we studied chapter 10. Jesus contrasted the hireling to the good shepherd. But these religious men could not understand the illustration. They couldn't make the point. And here Jesus was speaking to them clearly. He was giving them simple terminologies. He spoke truth to them. But because of their prejudicial attitudes, because of their religion, they could not receive. And all they wanted to do was get rid of them. Jesus even told them, you're going to die in your sins. You are going to die in your sins if you don't change your ways. It didn't even phase them. just ran off their back. And as we last studied, we saw Jesus saying, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. No man takes his life from him, but, but he lays it down freely. And because he lays it down, he has the power given to him by the Father to take it up again. How do they respond? Well, we see the response in our three verses. How do they respond? Therefore, what's the therefore, therefore? Because what Jesus said about the being a hireling. Because of what Jesus said about the uh, good shepherd. That's the therefore. Therefore, because of all that, there was a division again amongst the Jews because of these sayings. Many of them said, he has a demon, he's mad. Why do you listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Once again, we see this word division. Pretty cool word. This was a sharp division amongst those who were listening to Jesus' words. The word division in the Greek is schisma. Schisma, which is where we get our word schism. Listen to the definition of schism. It is a split or division between strongly opposed sections or parties caused by the differences in opinions or belief. It is a formal separation of a church into two churches. Schisma, I believe, is a split between religion and relationship. This division that Jesus is causing is between 
Religion and relationship. Once again, Jesus is drawing a line in the sand. He's basically drawing a line in the sand. He said, hey, you've got to come to my side. He draws a line, a dividing line between religion and relationship. The Pharisees, they are speechless. But once again, they go back to the, oh, yeah, and they start calling names. Oh, he's he's as a demon. He's mad. What are you listening to him for? They had nothing better to say because they were so entrenched in their religion, so entrenched in their traditions, their rules, their regulations, their beliefs. They thought they were the keepers of God's word, and they were. They were the keepers of God's word, but they were applying it wrong. They couldn't see Jesus in the midst. The gospel of Jesus Christ divides men and women. Those who are saved, those who are lost. Those who believe, those who do not believe. Those who have eternal hope, those who have no hope. Those who have a religion, and those who have a relationship. See, established religion, Judaism, was one of the staunchest opponents of Jesus during his earthly ministry. It was one of the staunchest opponents. When God gave his law to the Israelites... His desires were that they would love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. What does love speak of? A relationship. Love speaks of a relationship, doesn't it? Obedience to all other commands stem from a love for God. That's why it's the first commandment. Nothing else happens if you don't get the first one right, folks. If you blow the first one, forget about the other nine, let alone in the Pharisee land, the other 600 and whatever. You've got to get the first one right. We are able to love God. Why? Because he first loved us, right? But by Jesus' time, these Jewish leaders, these religious men, had made a religion out of God's desire to live in a love relationship with them. God wanted a relationship with them. God wanted a relationship. He wanted to get back the relationship that he lost when Adam sinned. Remember how Adam used to walk in the cool of the day with God, and they communed together? That's what he wanted all along. But Adam's sin separated that. And over the years, they had perverted God's law into a workspace religion that alienated people from God. They added their own rules and even made more cumbersome. You think that's good here? Have some more rules and have some more rules. They piled rules and rules and rules upon them. And they prided themselves with the ability to keep the law. Paul's own words concerning the law, blameless. Paul's own words prided themselves in keeping the law at least outwardly, and they loved to lord it over the people. They loved to put people down and lord it over them so they would look good. Oh, they made some great rules, but they failed to recognize God himself when he was standing right in front of them because they had chosen religion over relationship. They chose religion over relationship. Now, some did believe, we read in verse 21, others said, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? These men believe Jesus' words. Faith come by hearing and hearing the word of God. They believe Jesus' words. Their heart were touched. They believed in his works. His works and his words matched. And they believed him. You are a sure. 
The book of John covers Jesus' life and ministry here on earth, but the book begins long before Jesus was born in a manger. He existed with God the Father from the start. So many other religions have some figure they look to or commemorate, but none of those mere men accomplished what Jesus did. Jesus came as a man and died, but then he came back to life because he's God. No other man can claim that remarkable feat. Only God could do this, and therefore, the only true one to follow is Jesus. What might be holding you back today in believing all that God says he is and does? If you have some questions you'd like answered, we'd be happy to try and answer these questions or pray with you about what's weighing on your heart. Please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609 609- 884-5821. Keep looking to scripture for answers and know that we care about the journey you're on. We're so glad you tuned in to A Sure Hope today. You can hear more messages like this one from Pastor Dave at our website. Just click on the messages tab when you visit assurehoperadio.com. We'd love to meet you too. Find out how you can join us for worship at Calvary Chapel Cape May by visiting assurehoperadio.com. You'll also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Links for both are at assurehoperadio.com. There's more to learn from the book of John next time, so be sure to join us again on another edition of A Sure Hope.